the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, dates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Baby boomers have been reaching retirement age at a rate of 10000 per month since 2011. The National Center for Health Statistics reports life expectancy is increasing. Longevity as measured from age 65 is now 83 for men and 85 and a half for women. A society of actuaries estimates upper middle class couples age 65 today have a 43% chance that one or both will survive at least 95. So you work from age 20 to 60, roughly, and then you live from 60 to 95 in retirement, or 60 to 83, 83 85 and a half. Some of us are going to live to 95. If life expectancies continue, if life expectancies continue to like stretch, the chance that a 65-year-old reaching 95 climbs to 50% in 15 years. This means retirement funds need to last at least 30-plus years if you work till 65 hit 95. The 4% withdrawal rate continues to address one of the biggest concerns of people entering retirement. Um, there was a 4% drawdown rule that was developed by a man named Will Bingen. He developed the rule 20 years ago. Studies have followed that show the rule either doesn't work at that 4% number or it's the wrong number. The actual cost probably is probably closer to 45 how much money can you pull out of your portfolio and still have it last? And, you know, can you be too conservative or too aggressive? Um, let's go to Gil. And I don't know where you are. I'm in Southern California. Good morning, Rob. Hey, Gil. Good. Hey, What's I don't up? know if you've, I listen to you pretty religiously. Uh, I don't know if you've discussed uh, the FCC and uh, the uh, ruling that they are going to make today and how it will infect investors as far as net neutrality. I don't think we know yet at this point in time. And for the record, thanks so much for listening and 
tracking me all the way down into Southern California. A lot of people believe that it will slow broadband investment. So the equipment makers, I think we're seeing probably more negatives than positives. Um, but companies like Netflix and you know YouTube, they want to be able to get into your house as fast as they can. So their business models will obviously continue to grow if net neutrality plays out the way it's supposed to at this point. I haven't done enough on it to give you a really good answer, to be just honest with you. Um, but I think the equipment makers could see a slowing. A lot of people call BS on that. Um, so I don't have a great answer. So let's see if I can't find something during the, the future, though, and see uh, probably tomorrow or the next day I'll try to dedicate some time towards this. Uh, thanks for the call. So the father of net neutrality, you know, a guy named Tim Will, uh, recently was talking about the idea of enforcing the policy would lead to reduced investment in broadband infrastructure. The industry just invested another $45 billion in Spectrum knowing that net neutrality rules were coming. So they're just basic rules of the road. If you have rules for highways, it's not like people don't build buildings. Uh, so his comparison is the internet is a road and buildings could be things like Facebook or Netflix. So he thinks we're going to see the same levels of investments going forward. He's a Columbia Law School professor. He coined the term net neutrality in a 2003 academic article. FCC is expected to vote today on whether or not to enforce net neutrality by classifying internet service providers as utilities under what's, I think, called Title II of the 1934 Communications Act. So that would give the FCC the ability to regulate the providers like telephone line operators. FCC would be able to prevent providers from blocking legal websites, slowing down traffic to specific sites, or allowing faster access to other services like Netflix and Amazon, uh, as far as instant video goes. So some people say nothing will be the change of it. Um, I think I'm just going to leave that there and say, ta-da. Um, you will hear some congressmen say, jawbone on it. And have their, you know, their opinions that line up with their constituents. Um, hmm. So you're going to hear a lot of lawsuits come out about it as well. Time Warner and Comcast obviously have big broadband customers. Uh, and they want to be able to say, look, you know, we want to differentiate our services fast and slow. We want to you know, give certain clients preference over others. And right now, companies like Netflix are paying Comcast to make sure that their movies stream as fast as possible. With net neutrality, they wouldn't have to. Now, again, we probably all as a nation could say, okay, Netflix is taking up a lot of bandwidth every single evening at 8 p.m. So we could kind of see where there could be an argument on both sides. With that said, uh, I don't really have anything else to throw out about it right now. Maybe that's why I'm not talking about it. It's just it's not magically feeling me. Crude oil is under pressure with a stronger dollar again today. 
That's um, a first half of the year story. Uh, crude oil down 3%, $49. It seems to be playing very strongly with uh, that $50 line. 10-year treasury sits under 2%, reminding us that things are still not great out there. Talking about investing, talking about markets, getting you to retirement. I do have a webinar coming up tonight. Bit of a ho-hum session yesterday. Bit of a ho-hum session today. You know, we did just come out of earnings season. And we still have a couple stragglers like Kohl's is reporting strong holiday retail sales. That's good because retailers put a lot of their sales during that time of year. Amazon just hired Jay Carney. President Barack Obama's former spokesperson. Um, interesting hire, wouldn't you say? Carney stepped down as Obama's press secretary in June after more than three years in the high-profile job. Political commentator on CNN. Uh, Carney, who will oversee the internet retailer's public relations and lobbying efforts. Lobbying efforts. Uh, so that's where we are. Amazon needs <laughs> to tell Congress what their thoughts are. Uh, pretty interesting, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We're going to talk about stocks that have big fat dividends and big fat buybacks. Um, because I think that's something you should really start getting to see and enjoy and appreciate. I can't boil this all down to like one or two things, but I can boil it down to 20. And one of those 20 would be, I like big fat dividends and big fat buybacks. Um, and I know you're saying, okay, got it. I'll write that one down. Big webinar tonight. You can sign up for it at robblack.com at 6.30 to 8. It's all about building an income portfolio in retirement. We'll take a break here. Right back. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, war. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Tonight, during the webinar that we're doing, people can sign up for the webinar by going to newfocusfinancial.com. You're going to discuss Social Security, which seems to be a pretty popular topic. How does delaying Social Security help your asset allocation angle? Well, I almost need to know when we plan on taking Social Security before I can deal with the asset allocation and location. Um, you know, a lot of people I think are hearing finally that it makes sense if you can do it to delay from your normal retirement age, which for most people is 67 now, to 70 because it's about an 8% growth rate on your money. And if you think you're going to live past 80, it usually makes a lot of sense to do it. And even if you're not, if you think your spouse is and you're, you have the higher income, it's often a wise choice to do that because when one spouse dies, 
the small check goes away and the survivor keeps the bigger check. So the person that has the highest Social Security check really needs to maximize it for a surviving spouse. It kind of goes into the planning. But if, if you are going to retire at, let's say, 65, but you're not going to take Social Security until 70, it definitely affects your asset allocation because we need three years' worth of portfolio draws in safe money. And if you're delaying it, well, your portfolio draws are going to be larger your first five years of retirement. So we have to do that. Um, and the, the thing with Social Security, you have to realize that there's um, things like file a restricted application, file and suspend, and it's ways for couples to max out Social Security. And, and if they do it the right way, we've seen situations where you're talking if one person lives till you know, 90 to 95, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars extra out of Social Security if they do it the right way. Um, but it's a case-by-case basis. There's no one perfect answer for every couple on how to do it. And um, it also depends on where your assets are because if 100% of your assets are in 401ks and IRAs that haven't been taxed, it might not be the tax-efficient approach. So there's a lot of careful analysis that goes in. But I need Social Security. I need a budget. I need to look at all the health care costs. And I need to estimate your taxes before we can kind of go through the overall asset allocation and, and how that works, and then the asset location. What should your IRAs look like versus your Roth versus your taxable accounts? How quickly can you determine someone's allocation? Is this, you know, I, I know a lot of people use, you know, preset formulas. A lot of people use, uh, you know, uh, industry, you know, tables saying, okay, this is what your allocation should be. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the asset allocation. It isn't that tough, and we have uh, two, two things that we go through with people to look at risk tolerance, and one of them you can even go through a quick version of it yourself on our website, the what is your risk number at uh, chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. The, the risk in what your asset allocation should be so you can sleep at night is one thing, and then there's the what return do you need to be able to be successful. That's another number, potentially. So in some cases, they're quite different, and you've got to meet in the middle. But it, it, the asset allocation is easy. It's the location, the asset location that takes time. Where should your large cap and mid cap be versus your international emerging markets versus your corporate bonds versus tax-free bonds? But the only thing that's easy is the tax-free bonds, right? That should be in your taxable account so your income's tax-free. Um, so, again, I need a, a budget, a tax return. I need to know when you're taking Social Security and which accounts you're going to draw from first. So... We do a lot of tax planning before you can determine your asset location. And you know, I'll go through a, uh, an example of a case study of that tonight on the, on the webinar. Got an email from a guy named Tony. He goes, each time I listen to Chad, I confess I'm a bit overwhelmed. He's a smart guy, much smarter than me and great at what he does. But, and here's his but, uh, within 25 seconds, you probably mentioned 20 different type of asset types of investments from saying, you know, we would need to be investing in commodities and currencies, some kind of puts. Um, basically, he says you're talking too fast. Good event for him to listen to tonight, the webinar, because uh, not only are you talking fast, but there's also graphical eyeball things that you can now look at through the webinar. Yep. Just thought, thought I'd give you that feedback that uh, that's, some people that's are a little intimidated. Yeah. yeah, that's, you know, I get excited about this stuff. I, I love doing it and I've been doing it for 22 years. Um, and it is more intimidating now to retire than it ever has been because you've got a combination of a stock market high with dividend yields pretty low compared to the historical norm at under 2% on the S&P 500 and interest rates extremely low. So 
you can do it. You just have to be more careful. And I do talk a little bit slower on the webinar. There's also graphical presentations. A lot of this stuff is hard to, to hit on radio. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll slow it down. Maybe I'll have a beverage with you, Rob, before we talk so we can keep it a little slower, right? <laughs> slower, not slurrier. Slurrier. <laughs> there you go. Um, is the Roth IRA money typically the most aggressive because you're not going to be paying taxes on it? Yeah, for asset accumulators, it's going to be the most aggressive. Um, but for people that are in retirement, it depends. A lot of my clients convert money from an IRA to a Roth because their main goal is leaving tax-free money to their heirs. In that case, it's going to be aggressive. But some people are going to need to use the Roth IRA to eventually supplement their income sometime 10 years down the road in retirement. In that case, the Roth IRA should be balanced between stocks and bonds. Um, if you, you're going to need to take money right away at retirement, and that's an income source, then it should be mostly bonds. So it really depends on the situation. Okay. Um, final thoughts. Um, you mentioned that you might take up half of a bond portfolio and go bond alternative. What type of bonds are you okay with? And bond, I mean, that seems like an aggressive move, 50%. What's an well, the types of bonds, um, you know, again, if I have a bond allocation that costs for 40 or 50% of a portfolio because of retirees' risk tolerance to be in bonds, I might take half of that to up to a half of that into a bond alternative. Um, the types of bonds that we do own, I'm leaving it up to unconstrained bond managers. I have two that I use, and they're kind of what's called go-anywhere bond managers. There's a lot of opportunities that are being created. For example, when the oil tanked, there was a lot of um, high-yield bonds that fell hard in value, that fell too hard, and some of them were picked up by some of these unconstrained managers. Um, tips might get sold off too much at some point because there's no inflation right now, and the unconstrained bond manager, manager might go buy those. They also have the ability by prospectus to hedge against interest rate increases if those start to come into play. Um, I don't look at those as long-term holds, maybe in the next three years. But um, So I would, I would say... On a portfolio, it'd be about 70% in unconstrained and then 30% in international bonds that had hedge against currency. So I'm letting the bond managers do it because that's the most difficult part to manage right now. Sounds good. I will talk to you later this evening. All right. Thanks, Rob. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at New Focus Financial. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can sign up for the webinar there this evening, 630 to 8, tied towards income portfolios in retirement. I promise it would be uh, not only free, but informative. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. And the rocks on the sand will proudly stand The hour that the ship comes in And the words that are used for to get the ship confused Will not be understood as the spoken You can drive I'm Rob Black talking funny. 
anymore. Google's going to start putting ads in its app store. Hmm. Uh, the world of advertising, right? 800-516-20 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Um, there was a company called Lytro that launched a few years back. I remember talking about it on this show. Promised to revolutionize digital photography with technology that was pretty magical. Uh, it was a light field camera that lets people shoot photos carelessly and then focus them later. It's a pretty cool thing. Um, photographers can upload photos to their computers, click on a portion of the image, and bring that part in focus, easily changing the photo's perspective in real time. Uh, Steve Jobs met with the founder of Lytro before he died. Now, after raising nearly $100 million, Lytro is changing its strategy. Instead of focusing on photography, they're going to dive into virtual reality and into videos. And they just pulled in another $50 million in funding. So what does this instantly start to bring to mind? Maybe GoPro is going to have some more competition. Um, but early on, their technology was one thing. Now their technology is going to be going into a new thing. Lytro released its first product, a consumer camera equipped with the innovative light field technology that allows users to take stunning living pictures in 2012. Um, and the founder's really not with the company. He's a professor at the UC Berkeley. Um, but the technology is pretty amazing. So, again, just an interesting pivot, in my opinion, that... It kind of shows you. Uh, be cautious on going all in on any one name. The oldest money manager on Wall Street has died at the age of 109. <laughs> That's living a long time. Um, Warren Buffett drinks Coca-Cola for breakfast. He's a kooky dude. Uh, his morning meal is Utz potato sticks and a bowl of chocolate chip ice cream. The man owns $16 million in Coca-Cola stock. He's often photographed with his beverage in his hand. Um, I bring that up in large part, he's getting older, right? And he runs Berkshire Hathaway. And a lot of people wonder what's gonna happen to Berkshire Hathaway's stock when he goes. Well, a lot of the companies inside Berkshire Hathaway are things like Coca-Cola. Um, that are really stable companies. So it's not going to crash, but it'll be interesting to see how long people stick with Berkshire Hathaway if the wizard is gone, per se. He's worth $72.8 billion. Um, he drinks three cans of Coke during the day and caps it off with two cans of Coke at night. Sometimes he drinks regular Coke. Sometimes he drinks cherry flavor. Wow. So he has a very high sugar diet. And 25% of his 2,700 calories a day, Coca-Cola and soda. Ugh. I don't know. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton.
Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is a financial planner. We talk retirement and wealth issues all the time. Let's talk about the concept of rebalancing your portfolio. I think we all know the concept while we're working. Keep a look at it. Make sure nothing gets too overweighted or too underweighted in your portfolio. Uh, that's when you're working. But mm-hmm. what about in retirement? What concepts do we need to know? Well, let's talk about first why you rebalance because things like asset classes go through different rotation periods. And I've talked about the Callan periodic table investments, and you can Google that and find this. And you can see the sectors or asset classes, as soon as they make, you know, they're the best place to be for two or three years in a row. Within a couple of years, they're the worst place to be in the last, in those two or three years in a row. And so when you see them hit the ring the bell, especially for like three years in a row, or when you see an asset class like REITs all of a sudden rally up 15% when they're really a yield play, you know, it's time to, to take some profits and buy stuff that's been down. Um, so you, you're always looking for your investment choices where you want a good 10-year average rate of return, and it's got to be risk-adjusted. In other words, low standard deviation, low beta. Um, and when you see something that has a great long-term rate of return sell off for a period of a year or two, that's when you want to buy it. That's when you get the real great returns that help you outperform in the long run on a risk-adjusted basis. So that's how you rebalance. The easiest way for, for a person pre-retirement to rebalance is to just turn on their re- automatic rebalancer on the 401k. Almost every single one has it, where every year at a certain month, um, it'll rebalance everything back to your original choices. A more active person will use their contributions to change their asset allocation and to rebalance. In other words, if they look in their portfolio, they see their overweight in large cap and underweight in international, they'll stop adding to large cap and start buying international. Make sense? Absolutely. But if um, you know, you're in retirement, it becomes a different story. Your rebalancing situation looks like this. You have your different pieces of your portfolio. I like your three years' worth of expenses in cash, a balanced portfolio, um, a dividend-paying stock portfolio, and some other income that's guaranteed for life. And so what I do when I rebalance and I look at things, the first thing I look at is how much of their three years' worth of expenses in cash did they spend? So if the market's positive for that quarter, I'll peel off enough out of the portfolios to replenish their cash. And then I'll look to rebalance inside the portfolios. So the first thing you look at is how can I always peel off the house money in the good times to replenish the cash that I'm spending so I always keep my three years worth of, of safety reserves to get me through bad economies intact. Okay. So that's, that's, it's, it's really important to kind of monitor it a little bit more closely in retirement and more on a quarterly basis. Most younger people in their 20s and 30s they could rebalance once a year and still be okay as long as they're actively saving. So for you at work, you're in your office, do you have a flag that says, take a look at, should I be rebalancing today, this month, this quarter? Like, when do you remind yourself, like, I need to do this? Um, well, it, it, on a quarterly basis, if the market's negative, you just rebalance inside the portfolios. Okay. But if the market's positive and it's in a big way, let's say it's a 7% quarter, for example. Right, which is what we then- had first quarter of 2012. Right. And so you, you talk to the clients that are retired and you constantly have to remind them that you need the three years worth of expenses and cash. So the quarter review process becomes, look, here's what your portfolio did. What do your cash levels look like? Okay. Most of the time I can see on a wealth management site that we have for clients, I can see the amount of cash and we can go ahead and send that to them. Gotcha. But it's an active communication situation. Uh, most of the strategies that I see people pitch out there are here, I'm going to set up this strategy and I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm going to sell you a bunch of crappy product and then don't please don't call me for 15 years. That's, That's not how it should be in retirement. It's your money. It's the only thing that you have left to live on until you're 100 years old, so you better be a little bit more proactive about it. NBA is now starting to put advertisements on jerseys. Have you ever considered putting an advertisement on your business suit? 
sell ads. <laughs> You're doing these quarterly reviews. I try to think what would be on that. Something like milk of magnesia or something. <laughs> <laughs> depends. <laughs> <laughs> depends. I like it. You're selling. You're telling me your clients wear depends. <laughs> nope. You're going on the record. Yeah. Okay. So what else do we need to know about rebalancing? Um, is it easier than we think? Is it something I, you should let a professional do? I think it's the hardest thing that people do because it's easy to buy, but the hardest time, the hardest thing that people have trouble with in investing is when to sell. Yeah. And so by creating pieces of your portfolio. And a certain asset allocation level. So you have, you know, you got your three years worth of expenses in cash. That's something you have to keep intact. That means you know you have to sell gains in order to keep that intact. Okay. And then you have an a, an asset allocation plan that has a certain amount in in stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, alternatives, all of that in the portfolio. You set those parameters, and you know you have to sell when those parameters are out of whack. Okay. Um, I think that's about it for this topic. I think we've. Beat it to death, so to speak. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you can meet Chad at an upcoming Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. You can find out more about those at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can meet Chad yourself. Say you need a CFP. Say this is you know rocket science to you. Say this is difficult stuff to understand and comprehend. Financial planners are good, good, solid ideas for people in retirement. You don't have time to make up your mistakes. Don't make mistakes. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. People entering retirement with flexibility should allow portfolio withdrawals that vary in their spending. Um, This isn't set in stone for older retirees who may have time horizons of 15 years or less. You know, a simpler dynamic spending approach can work well. Strategies based on you know required minimum distribution rules. Retirement's not easy. That's one of the reasons we're doing this webinar tonight. Uh, RMDs, required minimum withdrawals. Um, it's it's frustrating. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Get your calls on the air. Um, there's some companies out there now who are coming up with you know retirement income portfolios. It's one thing that we're going to be doing tonight on the webinar. You can sign up for the webinar at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Clearly cutting down on your fees and your taxes, something you want to be very conscious of. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. So far, has a billion viewers, but no profit. Facebook has 1.25 billion users and $3 billion of profit. 
scratches your head, doesn't it? You're going to see some big changes come to YouTube soon. IBM's pumped $4 billion in the cloud mobile initiatives. Um, it's shifting money to what's called strategic imperatives. Cloud, analytics, mobile, social. Those are magic buzzwords in the world of investing because they're magic buzzwords in what's, where technology is going next. Speaking of technology, a lot of the things that you use in your day-to-day -day life that you don't even notice you do, like a digital watch, invented by NASA. NASA is a big inventor of things because they have to solve problems. Same thing with NASCAR. A lot of the safety features in your car came from those hillbillies who drive around a track. Um, a lot of technology innovation comes from the porn industry. Um, whether it was, you know, VHS, um, the web, you know, paying for things online. A lot of those payment solutions came out of the need to figure out commerce for the industry. Now porn stars have begun selling 10-second porn videos on Snapchat using the app's new payment feature, Snapcash. So it allows you to send money to someone. And strippers and porn actresses have taken advantage of the feature to discreetly distribute adult content to users for a very small fee. Transaction $1-$5 for a few personalized photos. Pretty interesting, huh? Um, Snapchat is a texting service that people under 25 are flocking to over Facebook and other instant messaging services because you can have your content disappear. The core users are teenagers and young adults. And clearly the pornography angle on that would be illegal shenanigans, to say the least. Um, anyway, um, pay attention to where tech goes, because obviously that can have investing. Uh, how do people make money doing... How do people make money on the web? A lot of advertising, right? A lot of advertising at this point in time. Maybe a little too much, it feels like. Facebook is dominating, dominating because with Facebook, what they give advertisers is different than Google. And Google's having a big conference this month for their uh, developers tied towards AdSense. When I say this month, I mean March at this point in time. But with Facebook, you give them your name. Like, it's crazy how much information you give them. You give them the street you live on. Like, I was talking to Comcast about potentially doing a commercial. And, you know, like when I do a, a seminar in Palo Alto, I could use Comcast and hit Palo Alto and just Palo Alto. But even beyond that, how about homes that earn 400000 or more? Single family homes, uh, mixed families. You could, the targeting that you could do with the knowledge that Facebook has on you is unreal. And that's why advertisers love it. And you give up that information voluntarily. I think there'll come a point where someone like Google says, Give us more information about you, and we'll give you a part of the cut with the advertiser, or part of the cut that we're making from selling your information. Some people would take that. I think it's crazy, but some people would take it. So the Dow's near record highs. S&P 500's hit record highs. NASDAQ's about 100 points from it. And that's when people start coming out of the woodwork and going, I'm nervous. I don't like this. Everything's going too good, too great. Now, those are people that you love and you hate. You need that. 
Um, women's apparel retailer, Chico's, is to close 120 stores by 2017. Chico's was a hot and sexy investment, very hot, uh, 15 years ago. They made clothes that I always thought looked like a parrot, like kind of vomit, ate a box of crowns and vomited on it. Um, and women over 40 loved it because it was kind of stylish. But women's apparel retailer, Chico's, is closing 120 stores. And they're going to open fewer this year than last. Chico's is struggling to compete against fast fashion retailers such as Zara, H&M, H&M Forever, 21. Um, so that stock had its day. And very, very rarely will you get a second chance. Just throwing it out there for you. Be cautious on turnarounds. Retailers are preparing to spend more because we've recently heard that retailers are preparing to pay more. That's going to be a big plus to our economy when Walmart and TJ Maxx start paying their employees a buck or two more per hour. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is going to be a nice little push for our economy. That's coming down the road, and that's going to be inflationary. Another reason the Fed's probably going to be making a move sooner than later. And sooner than later, we're thinking back half 2015. Um, a lot of people don't believe that can happen. A lot of people think it would cause too much turmoil in the markets. AMC Network's ad revenue had a big jump. Advertising revenue surged the most in the recent quarter due in large part strong demand for original programming at its namesake cable channel. AMC Network's owns a couple other properties, not just AMC. Um, I bring that one up in large part because you get it. You understand Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and Mad Men. You get what they do. Pretty good age for television right now, huh? A lot of good shows. Game of Thrones coming back soon to HBO. And HBO's coming up with their own app soon, competing with Netflix. I like it. More options. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Big webinar tonight, 6.30 to 8. Sign up at robblack.com. It's all about income and portfolios and retirement. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.